I am Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, we're continuing the Christ-Centered Mentoring Series, and we're going into part two of that principle of becoming a channel of blessing. If you didn't catch last week's episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to that as you have time. It'll give you an even deeper context for what we're going to be talking about today. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you, as I said last week, this is a great time to register for the 2023 Set Apart Conference. It's happening June 16th through 18th at our beautiful Ellerslie campus in Colorado, or you can join us anywhere via simulcast. But this is a great time to register because you can save $20 off registration with early bird pricing and an additional $20 off if you register a group of two or more. So a registration also makes a great Christmas gift if you're thinking about a mother-daughter getaway weekend or a sister weekend or a ladies weekend. This is just an amazing way to offer something truly spiritually rich and edifying to women in your life that you care about. Just go to setapartgirl.com and click on upcoming events for more information, or you can click the link in this podcast description. And again, this is a weekend of ministry, of drawing closer to Jesus that really applies to women of every age in every season of life, and it's focused around biblical life-changing truth. This is a conference we've been doing for 13 years, and it is truly one of the highlights of my year every single year. Let's talk about becoming a channel of blessing and get into the practical side of what that means. Now, just as a review, last week we talked about how so often in mentoring relationships or ministry situations, we can be hit with that wall of feeling inadequate, like we have nothing to give, like we're emotionally drained or physically drained, and there's just nothing left in the tank. And I have been in that position so many times when someone comes to me with a need or there's an opportunity sitting in front of me. And the human way of reasoning through that is to be very self-protective and to sort of just give up, walk away, back off, take the easy road. But a lot of times God is putting that situation in front of us or there's a very clear task in front of us and he's ready to equip us with being that conduit of his love, his hope, his life, his peace to that other person if we are willing to become that channel of blessing and not stop the flow of his blessing because of our own inadequacy. So we talked about the principle of the disciples feeding the multitude. Jesus asked them to do the impossible. But when they finally looked to him to supply what they needed, it says Jesus gave to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. So we are usually very prone to limit what God can do through us based on what we think we have to give. But it's not about what we have to give. It's about what he wants to give through us when we're willing to receive his supply. A lot of times we are looking for ways to get our lives going in a right direction. We want that spiritual employment, that sense of doing something worthwhile. And yet when those opportunities come our way, we want to back away from them because we feel inadequate and weak. So we are going to look at this article written by my great-grandmother in 1923. Her name was Ida, and she lived on a farm. She was raising seven children in the midst of the Depression, and she lived a very outward-focused and joy-filled life. And I talked about her in the last episode. And I talked about an article that she wrote called, What is a Channel of Blessing? It was basically her journey to understand how to be that conduit of God's blessing to others. So I want to read you the article. It's very short. And then just kind of unpack some principles that I personally gleaned from reading this article. 
She wrote this, As I sat in a large church listening to the songs from the choir, as they rang forth with such radiance, this is what I heard. Make me a channel of blessing today. Make me a channel of blessing, I pray. As these words fell upon my ears, the question came into my mind, what is a channel of blessing? The definition of a channel is a medium of conveyance. Another definition is the bed of a stream. So I began to ask myself, am I a channel of blessing? And how can I be such? What must I do? The answer came when I remembered the words of Jesus spoken to the disciples in Matthew 14 when the multitude of the 5,000 were fed. When the disciples said, we have here but five loaves and two fish, they thought that was too small to even think of troubling with. But Jesus said, bring to me what you have, no matter how very small it may seem. He took the loaves and the fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke the bread, and gave the loaves and fish to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. There we have a channel of blessing. When the disciples obeyed the Lord and brought what they have, though so very little, and laid it at his feet, he blessed it and gave it back to them more than a hundredfold. Then the disciples were able to convert this blessing to feed the multitude until their hunger was satisfied and still had food to spare. This story from Matthew 14 shows what a channel of blessing is and how our life might be made a channel of blessing. When we lay our all at Jesus' feet, he blesses and gives it back to us that we might pass the blessing on to our fellow brothers and sisters. Those around us are hungry for spiritual food, such as a smile, a kind word, a hand clasp, or a hand to point them to Jesus. If only we will let God have his way with us, our hearts will overflow with brotherly love and kindness one for another. That is what Jesus taught and is still teaching through his disciples. If we are to be a channel of blessing, we should not stop God's blessings, which fall on us, but let them flow unhindered to others. God calls us his co-workers. Are we working with him or leaving it up to him alone? The disciples helped Jesus to feed the multitude, or rather, Jesus helped the disciples to feed the multitude. And he will just as surely help us to feed hungry souls if we will give him our lives to bless that we may be a blessing. Then we can truly sing, bless me, Lord, and make me a blessing, or make me a channel of blessing. Let not our prayers always be, Lord, bless us and send blessings upon us. Rather, let us pray, bless me, Lord, and make me a blessing. Then the blessings God has given us shall be a blessing both to our fellow man and to God. Are you a channel which conveys the blessings of God to hungry and thirsting souls? Or are you just a sponge which absorbs all the blessings God bestows upon you and gives nothing in return? To serve God, we must love and serve our fellow man. May we ever be an open channel through which God's blessings may flow and not a dam to stop the waters and withhold them from a sea of thirsty souls. So that is the article. And when I read it, I was so blown away, not only just by the amazing spiritual insight that my great-grandmother had, she was never educated beyond the eighth grade, but obviously God taught her the great riches of his kingdom, but also because this was the very same spiritual lesson that God had already taught me about what to do when I'm feeling so inadequate, when I feel like the task is impossible to go to him and he gives to me everything that I need to be a blessing to others, to provide something of value to others. I don't have it within myself, but he can give it through me, even when I feel like I'm at my weakest point. 
If you desire to take steps towards becoming that conduit of God's love to the souls around you, to those you are mentoring, to those he brings across your path, I want to offer a few practical steps that I've drawn from my great-grandmother's example in this article and just hearing about her life, as well as the example of many other amazing Christian women that have personally challenged me in this area of my life. This idea of becoming a channel of blessing, and it's based on a very old hymn by that title, but I love the word picture that that presents and and how biblical the concept is of becoming that flow through channel of God's blessing and love and life and hope to others. The first principle that I've learned in watching how my great grandmother grappled with these truths is to ask the question, what must I do? She didn't merely sit in church that day listening to a nice sounding hymn being sung as many of us tend to do. And I know I've been guilty of that many times where you just go to church, go to a Christian gathering, you hear something that's really powerful and and truth-filled, but you're not necessarily taking it any farther than that. She meditated on the words of the song, and she let God speak to her heart in a practical and challenging way. She began to ask the question, how can I be a channel of blessing? What must I do? And that was simply by listening to the choir sing a hymn. She was saying, God, what must I do? And in response to that willingness, that listening ear, God spoke his truth to her heart and gave her practical ways to apply that truth to her daily life. Whenever we hear God's truth being spoken or sung or talked about, are we willing to ask God the question, what must I do with an open heart and a listening ear? I love what it says in Psalm 25, 14, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. He whispers the glorious secrets of his kingdom to us when our hearts are postured to hear him. So practical challenge that I would like to offer when you read scripture or hear a powerful sermon or read an inspiring biography or even listen to this podcast and you hear truth being spoken and God stirs your heart, begin asking that question, what must I do? And you're not looking to yourself to try to figure it out. You're saying, Lord, you show me, prompt me, guide me. What is my next step in response to this truth? And let God show you how to put action to the principles that you're hearing about. The second principle is to catch a bigger vision, a vision beyond just your own self-focused life. And it's very easy for us to live in that place of just our own cares and our own concerns and not catch that bigger vision that God has for us. Ida, my great-grandmother, didn't excuse herself from the challenge to turn outward and be a channel of blessing just because she had a lot on her plate. As I said before, she lived on a farm during the Depression, during the drought days, as my grandfather called it, raising seven children, helping people in her community. And yet she accepted the call to be a channel of blessing to others. And even though she was already living a very sacrificial life, she was still asking God, okay, show me what you have for me. Expand the vision of what you want to do through my life. She didn't put boundaries around what God could do with her simply because she already felt like she had a lot because she wasn't looking to her own abilities. She was looking to his ability. A lot of us fear that if we say yes to God, we're only going to become more overwhelmed and stressed out. And when we start to reason that way and become self-protective and we don't want to even hear what God would speak to us because we're afraid it's just going to stress us out, when we think that way, we're forgetting about that channel of blessing principle. Just like the disciples were forgetting that Jesus was with him when he said, feed the crowd. They were only looking to what they had. They forgot that they were with the bread of life himself. And that changed everything when they opened their eyes to that. 
Ida was not fearful. She was not self-protective. She was excited and eager because she trusted the one who had called her. Are we willing to look beyond ourselves, beyond our own little comfortable world, and receive God's bigger calling? When Jesus asked the disciples to feed the crowd, he was calling them to something bigger than themselves, something beyond what they had ever seen or done. You may not know the end of your calling today. In fact, God doesn't usually communicate more than one or two steps of obedience to us at a time, but I found that when we are willing to make ourselves available for a bigger calling, a calling outside of ourselves and our comfort zones, we can be sure that a God-sized adventure is ready and waiting for us. It starts with that willingness to catch the bigger vision and not close our ears to it. I've talked before in this podcast about Biddy Chambers. She was the wife of Oswald Chambers, who's the author of My Utmost for His Highest. And he died at a young age. She took all of his teachings because he had been an avid Bible teacher and preacher and compiled those teachings into the book that became My Utmost for His Highest. And when you study her life, it's truly incredible. It says in her biography that she rarely had a 24-hour period in which it appeared that she had accomplished something great for God. But because every single day she was open to that bigger vision, she would serve someone who came to her door. She would serve those in her community. She would serve her family. And she would then take the words of her husband, Oswald, and give them to the world and encourage the church all over the world through them. And she just took one step of obedience at a time. She just kind of lived in this simple little house with her typewriter and a life of hospitality and givenness to other people. And yet at the end of her her life, she had reached more people and accomplished more for the kingdom of God than most of us could ever imagine. And it wasn't because she tried to rise up to that. It was because she was just available and she caught that bigger vision every single day. And so Biddy Chambers is just one example of just that idea of catching a bigger vision and getting outside yourself. And it doesn't have to look big and epic all at once. It's one small step of obedience at a time. And God weaves that together to compile a life that makes an impact for his glory. The third principle is to have outward eyes. It's really obvious to me that my great-grandmother Ida took the time to see the needs around her. She knew that she was surrounded by thirsty souls, souls in need of hope and light and truth and encouragement. And a lot of times we're around people, we're around souls, but we're not aware that they're thirsty, but she was. She didn't become so preoccupied with her own affairs, her own issues, her own cares, that she lost sight of others' needs. And that is why the words, make me a channel of blessing, struck her so deeply. That is why she was ready to respond to the challenge that God spoke to her heart that day. In her article, she exhorts, let not our prayers always be, Lord, bless us and send blessings upon us. Rather, let us pray, bless me, Lord, and make me a blessing. Are we willing to pray that prayer too? To not merely seek God's spiritual benefits for ourselves, but so that we might make them a blessing to others. God desires to make us spiritually strong and equip us with all the benefits of his kingdom, not so that we can hoard them for ourselves, but so that we can become a conduit of his love and his hope to others. So let's ask him to give us outward focused eyes. Let's ask him to make us strong so that we can be poured out for his glory. A practical challenge for you this week, when you walk into a room, ask God to prompt you. Who is it that needs his help, his light, his truth? Who does he want to bless through you today in this moment? And you might be surprised at how God directs you to those people who just need a kind word 
or a word of truth or just an example of Christ that will change the course of where they're at. Another principle is to take small but meaningful steps. We all know that there are some seasons of our lives that are busier than others. If we're in a really busy season, maybe moving or traveling, raising young children, have a new baby, starting a new job, a new ministry role, there are still a lot of ways in which we can become that channel of blessing to others. We should never be too busy to reflect the love of Christ to those around us. In her article, my great-grandmother mentioned some simple ways that we can become a conduit of Christ's love, a smile a word of kindness, a purposeful hand clasp, or a hand to point someone to Jesus. Those were her suggestions. Now, these are things that all of us can do no matter our season of life and no matter how busy we are. So if the idea of becoming God's channel of blessing to others feels overwhelming, I would encourage you to begin with those small but meaningful steps. It might be as simple as a smile or a kind word or praying for someone. Ask God to equip you with the ability to serve others, even if it's just through a simple little thing like we've just mentioned. As you begin to experience the power of Christ in you, providing you with spiritual food to offer to the hungry and thirsty souls around you, even in those small ways, you'll become more and more equipped and even eager to serve in bigger ways as God leads you and opens more doors. Here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you about being a channel of blessing. In a world that is always reminding us to look out for ourselves and protect ourselves and set limits around what we do for others, it's so refreshing to remember that God has given us a higher calling. So let's not turn a blind eye or a deaf ear to the call. Let's not limit what he can do through us by looking to our own resources. Let's not stop the flow of his blessing and supply to us by dwelling on our own limitations instead of his faithfulness and his power. Let's remember the feeding of the 5,000. The disciples could have remained in their comfort zone, refusing to take the risk of feeding that enormous crowd with nothing more than a few small fish and loaves of bread. But what would they have missed? The opportunity of a lifetime, the privilege of working with the King of all kings, of being his hands and his feet to a needy world. As my great-grandmother said, the disciples helped Jesus to feed the multitude, or rather, Jesus helped the disciples to feed the multitude, and he will just as surely help us feed hungry souls if we give him our life to bless that we may be a blessing. So I hope you'll apply these principles in your mentoring relationships, your ministry opportunities, and your daily life. You might be surprised at how incredibly joyful your life becomes when you become that channel of blessing by His grace. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into building a Christ-centered life, visit us at setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.